first day of this month, last month of this year, uh, to come back to the throne room of God Almighty and let him know, God, you are my champion. You are my champion. It's not that I didn't have uh, or I didn't face any giants in my life. And we all have different giants in our life. But even in the midst of all that, we know one thing that we rest in the assurance of who Christ is in our life. He is the, the champion. He is the champion. Cha we, you call champion someone who has already won, who's already won the battle, who has already won. And today it's our privilege to call Jesus the champion of our life because we know that he has already won. He is the king who has already conquered. And today it's our joy to worship such an awesome, wonderful God, knowing that no matter what you're above to face or what you might face, he's already conquered it. He's already won victory today. Come on, church. Hallelujah. How many of you believe that? Hallelujah. Every obstacle struggle that I might face in my life, my Jesus is already the champion. He's won victory. And today I want to declare it as a prophetic word. In the last month of 2019, that Jesus is king and he is the champion over our life in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I know if I open up this platform for testimonies, there are many here, seated here that I was talking to, that how beautifully the Lord has led you this entire year. It's not that you did not go through what you went through, but you went through for a reason that you can declare the goodness of God Almighty this season in your life, that it is God and God alone that has brought me thus far. It is God and God alone that has helped me. And this morning, it's our joy to celebrate and to worship this wonderful, wonderful God. I want to really get into the scripture uh, that I want to bring your attention towards. And, and, and we've been doing the series on Jesus is King. And today is part four of that topic. Jesus is King. And when we declare Jesus is King, he has to be King over everything in our life our household, our personal life, our spiritual life, our physical life, everything. Jesus is the king. You know what? Can I tell you something? In a country, in a country, if there is a king, in a country, if there is a king, everybody in that country must abide by the rules that the king orders. Is that true? Nobody in the street would come and say, you know what, hey king, you know what, this is what I feel and I want to do this way. The king would, you know what, this is my country. As long as you are in my country, you better follow what I say. If not, there are many other countries outside. You can go wherever you want. But this is my country. In other words, if, if, if somebody talks to the king that way, the king might even take up his liberty as the supreme power to execute that person because he doesn't want anybody to come up as a revolt against his kingdom. Are you with me? So if Jesus is the king of your life, you got to know that the king gives some kingdom rules to us for us to abide by. So if he is the king of our spiritual life, understand what are the rules that a kingdom person must value and these value systems must be built in our life so that it helps us to become a better Christian day by day. Are you with me? Praise the Lord. Nobody has become the perfect Christian ever, but everybody grows to become better every single passing day. And this morning in our Malayalam service, we were hearing from, uh, 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 you know, the sermon that was preached here. It, was it talked about, you know, you know, Christian life is a warfare. 
Every day is a warfare. That you rage this warfare. Knowing that the principalities and the powers of the world want to take you down and your spiritual life. Because he is very worried that if you know what your potential is, he is scared that you will take over his kingdom. Who? The devil. But God wants you to know that I am the champion of your life and I am the king over your life. And if you abide by the rules played in the kingdom that God is the king, you will have victory. Giants will fall and every wall will come down in Jesus' name. Why? Because you have declared that Jesus is king over your life. Hallelujah. How many of you excited this morning? Come on. Hallelujah. This morning, I want to bring your attention towards another portion that I was thinking, and it's part four of Jesus is King. And, and, and my t- I want to title my sermon as everything, everything, everything we need in our life. Everything we need is the title that I want to bring. Everything we, we need in our life. Is there anybody who, who would say that, Pastor, you know what? I have everything that I have, and I have everything that I needed. We work, we do what we do in our daily life because we want more of all our needs yet to be made. We want to meet with all the needs yet in our life and we work hard and everything we need in according to God's word. Let's read that scripture. 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 3. 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 3. It says, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. Through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. I'm going to read that scripture once again for you. Second Peter chapter 1 verse 3. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. Through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. By his own glory and goodness. His divine power has given us everything that we need for a godly life. For a godly life. Listen to this very carefully. God in the Bible has already given to us everything that we need in our life. Is that true? That's what the scripture helps us to understand. Everything that we need in our life. Right? But even though God has already provided things in our life, we chase after things to satisfy our needs. In our daily life. Just because it's a Black Friday, I don't need everything that, you know, the, the, the shops offer. I was at Best Buy, uh, you know, on Black Friday. And when I was there, I saw one weak looking uncle, very old Asian uncle. Right? He walked into Best Buy and he saw this huge big TV, 70 inch Samsung TV on sale. And he didn't know what to do. All he saw was a big TV and all he could do was grab that TV, pay and walk outside. But he did not know the car that he got was not good enough for him to carry the 70 inch. He probably has many other TVs at his home. But when he saw the 70 inch on sale, he's like, I need it. And he he took it not knowing that how am I going to take it to my home. You know, he asked me, but you know, my car is there. Can you help me lift this to my car? I did help him. And as I took him to the car, it was a very old, small car. It doesn't fit into the car. What do you do? He is stuck there. It's all by himself and it's raining. I'm like, I'm going inside. I got other work to do. Are you with me? Just because it is Black Friday, just because it is on sale. I don't know. Some, there are some people who will go on every shop because it is sale and you just want to get everything and you get back home and you're like, where do I place this? I don't have enough room to keep it. Praise the Lord. 
Hallelujah. I was doing a house visiting in India, in Madhya Pradesh once, and I visited this house. And they have so many, so many items. And I call them as junk. So many junk in the house that I literally had to find a place to get over the stuff to find where I could sit because they have all the discounted items in their house. Are you with me? Sometimes our spiritual life, our life itself is filled with junk because we carry things. We, we want to get everything and fill our lives with all this junk. Understand what you need for a godly life. Second Peter chapter 1 verse 3, His divine power has given us everything that we need for a godly life. What's a godly life? What's a godly life? Some people will help me understand that godly life is a spiritual life, pastor. That you need to walk a certain way. You need to behave a certain way. You need to preach a certain way. And that's what godly life is about. Because people oftentimes want to see what they want to see in you. But godly life, you know what? In the book of uh, Acts chapter 7, if it is the verse 15, I believe, you know, it helps us to understand that, that the Stephen, when he was in the midst of people who were persecuting him, Bible helps us to understand that his face radiated like the face of an angel. In other translation, it helps us to understand that his face looked very godly. Why? Because there is something in Stephen that portrayed in the world that I got to be godly even in the midst of people who does not understand what I'm standing for. I need to be godly. And Christ has given us everything that we need for a godly life. Look to our own life and understand, are we leading a godly life? What is a godly life? What is a godly life? A life that is one with Jesus. A life with this one with God Almighty. Are you with me? A life with this one with God Almighty. Praise the Lord. Abuja, can you come with me? Praise the Lord. Just imagine, this is God Father. Right? And, and I come closer to Him. Our life one with God is a life coming closer to God. That, that was a good hug. I loved it. <laughs> a heart coming closer to God. Our thoughts and emotions that, in other words, what God would say, I'm going to say. In other words, my godliness portrays when God wants to speak something, it speaks through my mouth. My words represent who God is. My actions represent who God is, that I walk in the perfect image of Jesus Christ. He has given us everything we need for a, what, what life? Godly life. Look to, us on, look to our own life. Am I leading a, what's the word? A godly life. Am I leading a godly life? And help us, 2 Peter 1, 3. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. Through our, the first thing that you got to know here, our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. The knowledge of Him. How do you know and how do you know God? How do you have a knowledge of God? Can you see God? No. How do, you, how do you have a knowledge of who God is? Theology is the word that I would use here. It's the understanding of who God is. The study of God is theology. Knowing and the having a knowledge of who God is is what Bible helps us to wonder. How do you know God? 
you don't know your friend if you don't spend time with your friend you don't know your partner if you don't spend time with your partner are you with me praise the lord a couple of days ago i saw another man um you know he bought a new phone and he doesn't spend his time with the new phone that he bought so he doesn't he's not aware of the different features in the phone and he is bringing back to i, I was i was i was at the as at the place where i saw him the new phone that he was operating i still see the the screen guard i still see the you know the 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 the, the tape around the phone and he was asking how do i operate this how do i manage the face id what do i do with this because he has not spent time with the new gadget he's received that he doesn't know how to operate it when you spend time with what has been given to you you get a knowledge of how to handle how to use it and how do you get a knowledge of who god is through your time spent with god that's how you get your knowledge of god we 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 sing about that song right you are my champion when i speak miracles will break out how do you sing that just because it is there on the screen no in our worship a song should become worship only when you understand the real truth behind the song and the song becomes an experience in your life that when you face challenges in your life when you go through when you face giants in your life you call them out and you declare in Jesus name i call that giant out It's not that I won't face obstacles in my life as in a Christian life I will face what I have to face but I will call them out in the knowledge of who God is in my life My struggles my failures help me understand a better picture of who God is in that moment Are you with me my failures my time alone helps me understand who God is in my life my honest question today what is your knowledge of god who is god to you what is god to you what have you understood about god praise the lord a uh, many many in many christian homes today people are christian just because they are born in a christian home are you with me people are christian because they are born in a christian home but if they were born in some other home they would have followed some other faith I don't want to be a Christian because my father is a Christian. I don't want to be a Christian because my mom is Christian. I want to be a Christian because I want to know who God is in my life. And that is how you build your knowledge of who God is. Your time with God. It's good that my parents helped me understand who Jesus is, but there was a point in my life when I had to declare, no no no, it's not just my fathers. It's not just my moms or my amuchis. It is my God and I go on my knees. I look to heaven and ask God, I need to have a better picture of who you are in my life having a knowledge of God, having a knowledge of God. What are you doing today to build your knowledge? In school some of you might take bio, some of you might take physics. I hated math. I ran away, tried to run away from math as much as possible. But in order for you to build your knowledge, you have to go through those books. You got to study. And only then that helps you build your your knowledge. Are you with me? Your knowledge increases with that. and in through Christ Jesus and through the knowledge of who Jesus is he has already provided to us everything we need for a godly life don't let people talk you down 
Don't let people commend you when, on, 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 and condemn you and put you down on your spiritual life. You know what you are in Christ Jesus. You are a godly person. Each one of you in this room, you are a godly person. And allow your spiritual knowledge of who God is to increase in your life. Theology is the study of God. Theo means God, the study of God. If theology is the study of God, how much and how, what are you doing to study God? How much ever you study? Can I tell you, 66 books of the Bible does not explain the entirety of who God is. Is that true? 66 books of the Bible does not explain the entirety of who God is. It is based on different revelations that the 40 different scholars have received. They have written it down. Their experiences, their knowledge has been passed down to us. And this becomes a platform for us to seat our understanding and grow from there. My knowledge of who God is. And Bible helps us to understand His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. In a Christian life, in a human life, the first and priority, the most important thing that we need to know is that we must give importance to our spiritual life. What are you doing to value your spiritual life? Like, what are you doing really? Are you with me? That in order for us to satisfy our daily needs and daily life, we, get, we do a lot, of a lot of things. We do a lot of, we engage in a lot of things to just satisfy our daily needs. But in order to satisfy your spiritual hunger, what do we do? Where are we putting ourselves into? And what do we do? His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of whom, who called us by his own glory and goodness. I want to bring your attention real quick into, quick into Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verse 9 to 11. Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verse 9 to 11. We do a lot of things for our physical life. For the life that we see, the carnal man. We do a lot of things to satisfy the need of our carnal nature. We do a lot of things. Let's look into Ecclesiastes chapter 2 verse 9 to 11. I'm going to read that scripture for you. Just, just pay attention. So I became greater than any of the kings who ruled in Jerusalem before me. Listen to this very carefully. And with it all, I remained clear-eyed so that I could evaluate all these things. Anything I wanted, I took. Whose words are these? Whose words are these? It's Solomon's words. Solomon, who was one of the, the greatest kings to rule Israel, one of the greatest, wisest kings to, you know, to, 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 to rule a nation. One of the most, he, he turned Israel to be one of the most sophisticated nations in, in their time. Most powerful nation around. And they said, anything I wanted, I took. I did not restrain myself from any joy. I even found great pleasure in hard work. Are there hard workers here who only work, 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 work and not do anything else? Just work, work, work. Can I tell you, quit your work. <laughs> I did not restrain myself from any joy. I even found great pleasure in hard work, an additional reward for all my labors. But as I looked at everything I had, listen to that, everything, but as I looked at everything I had, 
work so hard to accomplish, it was all so, what's the word? Meaningless. I worked hard to achieve everything. And if I decided to have something, I had it all. But everything was meaningless, meaningless in my life. Without God, all I have is meaningless. Without God. Solomon, in his, in his wisdom, when God asked him for something, he asked God, give me wisdom. In his limited wisdom and knowledge, when God asked him, he said, God, give me wisdom to rule this place. He asked for it. But in the wisdom, he did what was needed for the carnal life. And verse 9 to 11 explains to us here about the life of Solomon. That he took captive of everything that he saw was good for his life. Like he saw somebody beautiful, he made them his wife. That he saw a nice kingdom, he, took cap he captured that kingdom. He made captive everything that looked good to him. But what does Bible help us to understand? I even found great pleasure in every hard work and additional reward for my labors. But verse 11, read it and mark it there. But as I looked at everything I had, worked so hard to accomplish, it was all meaningless in my life. I looked at everything. I just want to take a moment, pause here and ask you, just look at your own life. Just look at the background of where you have left the trajectory of your life. The what you have done so far. And do you think of all the accomplishments that we have made in the carnal nature that you look at back and say, oh, that was meaningless. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Sometimes we speak a lot. And after we have spoken things that was unnecessary out of our mouth, we sit back and we evaluate, should I? Did, did, did I, was there a need for me to communicate that? Was there a need for my, for, for my words to bring those words out? Was there a need? You know, we think and we think back and say, oh, it was all meaningless. Just imagine five years ago, something that has happened in your life and you think about it as meaningless. So in that sense, you know, think about what you're doing right now and fast forward it to five years later and you have to think back of today and you think, oh, you know what? I was thinking that. I was doing that. I was trying to accomplish that. And right now, it all seems to be meaningless. And in here, in all of Solomon's wisdom, he's helping us to understand everything I had worked hard to accomplish. It was all so meaningless. Everything I need is already been given by God. He gives us to us. He gives it to us. Your job that you need for the sustenance of your family, God has provided. And what he provides, some of you who might be like, Pastor, I don't have a job. You know what? God has already promised and he will give it to you when it is the right time in your life. Pastor, I'm praying for my increment. I'm praying for my promotion. Can I tell you something? If God has seen you at an elevated position, no man, no power can ever take that away from you. If it is God who wants to bring that in your life, He will definitely do it. In God, I have everything that I need. He satisfies me. Hallelujah. There's nothing in this world that can ever, you know, Solomon in his old wisdom, he captured, he gathered everything, but nothing could satisfy him. Praise the Lord. 
He had a desire long in his heart. He said, Lord, this all is meaningless and it is meaningless. All that I've acquired, all that I've captured so far, it is meaningless in my life. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Look to our own life. The things sometimes we post, we engage with, we talk to, we communicate with. Sometimes when you look back, when you're having a quiet time with God, I want to convict you to engage with God's presence that you will help yourself to understand maybe that was meaningless. It was of no value that I spent my time right there. It was of no value that I, I, I exploited my own spiritual life at the cost of my heavenly heir. Jesus Christ. He is the one. He is the one. There's nothing that can satisfy my life. Is there anything that satisfies your life other than the presence of God? No. David helps us to understand. As a deer panted for the streams of water, so my soul thirsted for me. My soul thirsted for the, the Spirit of God Almighty. I long for you. When everything else in this world is meaningless, Lord, I thirst. My, my family longs for you. My, my church longs for you. We need you, Lord, because we know you complete me. You satisfy. You satisfy me. You satisfy me. No person has the power to have everything they want. Listen to this very carefully. No person has the power to have everything they want. But it is in their power not to want what they don't have and to cheerfully put to good use what they do have. Listen to this. I'm going to read it once again. Is it on the scripture here? No person has the power to have everything that they want. But it is in their power not to want what they don't have and to cheerfully put to good Use what they do have. What do you have? Are you actually putting that in good use? The things that God has already placed in your life that supplies all your needs, that provides in your life. God has already placed things in your life. Everything I need, everything we need in our life. God has already placed you. And then when, when, when you love what you have, you have everything you need. When you love what you have, you have everything you need. Oftentimes, I have this water. Example, I have this in my hand. But I am looking oftentimes in the hands of somebody else. What do they have? I don't, I'm not happy with what I have. If you're not happy with what you have, you will never be satisfied what flows through this. Are you with me? Let that sink in for a while. If you're not happy with what you have, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I have. Yesterday I was arguing with Biju Uncle. I said, Apple is the best phone ever made. <laughs> I have iPhone X. And recently somebody was showing me their, the latest one. I forgot the name, the Pro. And it is really good. The camera is wonderful. It's good pictures. Wonderful. But if I don't love what I already have, I will never put this into good use at all because I keep looking at, I keep looking at what everybody else has. And I'm always worried about, you know what? Theirs is good. Mine is not good at all. I consider myself as valueless. I consider myself, whatever I have is of no importance. So I put this down. I never put this to use at all. Are you with me? 
Look into your own life and find out things that is already placed in your life. That those things that God has already placed, start loving it. Hallelujah. Start loving the things God has placed in your life. The church that you're part of, start loving your church. You will reap a reward out of your church. Start loving it. Start loving the friendships God has allowed in your life. Don't try to run away from it. You will reap a reward out of that relationship because you start valuing that relationship. If you don't, you will never value, you will never find anything good out of it. Are you with me, church? What are the things God has placed in your life? I am thankful for some of our parents here who call me, who check on me, who like, Pastor, I'm praying for you. I value them. If I don't value people like our parents, our amachis and apachins in this room, I will never find importance in the work that they put into the growth of this ministry. Are you with me, church? Find out. Find out what is around you. Value those things around you. And you will definitely reap the reward of your alignment. Do not alienate yourself. Alienating yourself becomes a, a, a threat in your own spiritual life. Matthew chapter 14, verse 13 to 21. A very interesting scripture portion that we are all aware of. I'm not going to read in the depth of it, but, but we, have, uh, we understand here. Matthew chapter 14, verse 13 onwards, it's a story about when Jesus was feeding 5,000 men, hungry men, with good steaks and good biryani. Five loaves and how many fish? Two fish. Five loaves and two fish. Everybody would know that John, John, Johnny and Nathan is sleeping right now, but Nathan also would know. <laughs> Everybody would know the story here. That Jesus feeding 5,000 men with how many fish? Two fish and five loaves of bread. The story helps us to understand that Jesus took himself out into the wilderness or forced himself to the wilderness because he was weeping the loss of John the Baptist. That's how the story starts there. He drove himself to the wilderness. He wanted to be quiet and alone. I want to read that first portion first verse here Matthew chapter 14 verse 13 listen to this then Jesus heard it what did he hear that John the Baptist was dead he departed from there by boat to a deserted place by himself all by himself but when the multitudes heard it in the same scripture here you 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 you, you see that portion where it talks about first Jesus heard two the multitude heard are you with me? In our life surrounding, we do hear a lot of things. Lord of things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I like what the multitudes are doing. When they heard, they came closer to Jesus. When you hear, what do you actually do? Do you run away from God? We hear a lot of things. Praise the Lord. We hear a lot of things. Our ears are attentive to all the noises and the commotion that is happening all around. Everything, we wake up. 
We wake up to the noises around everything. But when is that moment when you cancel, you, you use the noise cancellation headphones around you and you want to God, you know what? There are so many noises around. I don't think these noises are helping me in my personal spiritual life to come closer to you. So I'm going to do noise cancellation device. I just want to come closer to you. The multitude decided, you know, when they heard, the only thing that they decided was they come closer to God. He is in the wilderness. We are coming closer to him. Praise the Lord. And you see, you read the entire portion there. And verse 16, but Jesus said to them, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. Uh, Jesus here is concerned about the people. And they said to him, we here only have five loaves and two fish. Verse 18, he said, bring them here to me. Then he commanded the multitudes to sit down on the grass. And he took the five loaves and two fish. Number one, he looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke and gave the loaves to the disciples. And the disciples gave it to the multitudes. So they all ate and they filled and they took up 12 baskets full of fragments and remained. Now those who had eaten were about 5,000 men besides women and children. Jesus was concerned. What would I feed my people? What would I give it to them? All I have is all you need. Lord, all we have is five loaves and two fish. It does not satisfy everybody. But hey, you know what? Look to your own life. You have five loaves and you have two fish. Give it to the hands of the one who can supply all my needs. Are you with me, church? There are people in this room right now that God has already placed you with your five loaves and two fish that can supply the need of a generation that is hungry for God. And I want to declare in this room, look to your own self. Look to your own spiritual life. Look into your own bag. There is something that God by default has placed in your life that has been provided to the supply chain of this world. The world needs what you have. Hallelujah. This young boy, his mom made him good fish curry. Good fish. And good loaves, good chapatis there. He's like, okay, you know what? How would I feel everybody? Fish in the patron, Torkuma smell you, I'm not a portal, I will go somewhere in the corner, I'm gonna eat it. Nobody will know what my mom has given it to me. Nobody will know what I have. I can satisfy my own hunger. I have been with Jesus for three days. There's nothing, nobody else is eating. You know what? When nobody else is eating, I have food. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. He can go in the corner and eat. No. The disciples were looking. Is there anybody here that have something to offer? Is there anybody here that can provide something to the need of the people? No, no, no. The disciples came back to Jesus and let them know. You know what, Jesus? There are too many people. Even if we have enough money, there are no villages. There are no shops here that we can buy enough for these people. Jesus said, look around. I sense in my spirit there is somebody here. There is somebody here who has been sent to this meeting just for distributing what you already have. God has placed it in your basket. Look to your own life. You have everything you need to fulfill our world's hunger. Can I tell you, our world is groaning. 
in hunger. Not that they don't have food. Yes, of course, there are places that don't have enough food. But they are spiritually hungry. You have the fish. You have the bread. You have already been provided that can satisfy and that only can be satisfied when you give what you have in the hands of master. In the hands of master. In the hands of God. When you place your two fish, your limitations, when you place it in the hands of God, he blesses it. He breaks it and he feeds it to the people. My friend, what is in your hand? What is it? Moses, what is in your hand? God, I just have a staff in my hand. That's okay. That's okay. What you have, give it to the hands of God. And can I tell you, I kid you not here, when you give to the hands of God, what belongs to be in his hand, he will multiply it and make you a vessel of honor to be a blessing for people around. Why? Because you have destined to be a blessing for many around you. You are destined for that. Yeah. Your destiny is not to sit all by yourself and isolate yourself. Your destiny is, 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 is found when you come in the alignment and give to God what has been placed in your hand. Can I have the worship team behind me? What is in your hand, my friend? What is in your hand? What is in your hand? I have everything I need. No person has the power to have everything. No person in the world has the power to have everything they want. But it is in their power not to want what they don't have and to cheerfully put to good use what they already have. Put to use what you have. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Are, are you with me? Put to good use what you really have. Some people, can I tell you, some people have a really inbuilt quality of building conversations. It's an inbuilt quality. How are you putting into good use of God's kingdom? Some people have a, you know, some, when you talk to some people, when the moment they open their mouth, you want to run away two miles away. But there are some people when they start talking to you, you want to sit closer to them. You want to sit closer to them. What is in you? What is in you? God, I just have five loaves and two fish. That's okay. You think that is not possible? You think that is empty? You think that is, you think that cannot be a miracle? No. Don't look at the size of the people. Look at whose hand you are giving it to. Oh. Don't look at the barren wilderness. Look at whose hand you are giving it to. Don't look at the situation. Can it happen or not? Don't look at if there are shops. Don't look at if you have money. No, no. Look who is with you. If you give to the hands of God, he will bless it. Five loaves, two fish. Change the hunger game of everybody that was there in that meeting. Change the story of every single one. They all were fed enough. There was so much plenty that every disciple who served Got an extra basket to take around. And Bible also helps us to understand what I like about that portion is Jesus fed them and everybody were satisfied. Oh, Jesus fed them and everybody were satisfied. Some, I, I, I have this weird imagination. Maybe this guy who loves spicy food, his mom might have made him more extra uh, Cajun uh, uh, mixed fried fish for him. And, and maybe the five loaves of bread was filled with, you know, sugary, you know, coats and everything. 
And there might be people who had different ailments. Some, some people like only spicy food. Some people like only sweets. <laughs> but Bible helps us to understand when the boy gave what he had into the hands of master, everybody were, what's the word? Satisfied. Give to the hand of our savior what you have. Everything we need is being provided by heaven. Can we all rise up in God's house? Can we all rise up in God's house? Everything I need, everything we need is in the hands of our King. Jesus is King. Everything we need, we need is in the hands of God. When you love what you have, you have everything you need. Start loving the things that you have already and place it in the hands of Jesus. He's going to bless it, my friend. He's going to bless it. He's going to break it and make it a blessing for thousands around you. There are people that still needs to hear the saving grace of Jesus, that still needs to walk in faith and walk in grace of the Almighty God and come along with you. So today I'm asking you, provide, give it to the hands of God, what you have. Don't think that you have nothing to offer. Yes, you got something to offer. Yes, you got something to offer. Yes, you got something to offer. There is something in you that you can offer to fill, to quench the thirst and hunger of our world outside. There is something that you have. Don't chase after the wrong. Everything else is meaningless. Don't chase after the wrong stuff. Everything else is meaningless. Do things that builds your life builds the lives around, engages your spiritual life to grow in Christ Jesus. Lord, we need you. Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you, Lord. I need you.